got a new segment we're debuting on the show. It's Fight Flashback. We're going to be looking at GSP's UFC debut against Carol Parisian. And that fight was voted on our Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA. We threw out a couple of different debuts. And GSP's debut won. But Gumby, before we debut this new segment, which could fast become our favorite segment on the show, <laughs> or at least in the running for a tie, uh, please tell us if anyone sponsors said segment. Yeah, this fight flashback is brought to you by Sisu Mouthguards. Head to sisuguard.com for the only mouthguard where you can talk, breathe, and drink all with that mouthguard up in your mouth. If you use your, our promo code TOPTURTLE15, you're going to get 15% off all of those mouthguards. And let me tell you something. If you do jujitsu, this is the mouthguard you want because you no longer have to take it out to take a drink or to talk to your training partners. You can just leave it on in there, take a swig, ask a question, and get back to rolling. So head on over once, I sit, once again to sisuguard.com and pick out the right mouthguard for you. All right, so on our new segment, we're watching a classic fight, uh, and if you want to watch along with us, Gumby and I have our UFC Fight Pass app open, and we have it paused right now, right before the touch of the gloves, right after Steve Mazzagatti has said, bring it on, come on, uh, and we are going to press play. It's at five minutes into the fight off of Fight Pass, so here we go. In three, two, uno, play. And we have a touch of the gloves, and we're off. So, Gumby, this was GSP's first fight in the UFC. He was 5-0 uh, up in Canada, and his first fight in America. But here's a name that he had beat. He beat Pete Spratt uh, at Road Warriors the year before. So he did have a big name on his resume, but obviously the UFC did not necessarily know what they had in GSP. No, they definitely didn't know what they had in him. Although I will say, while, while we can say that they, they didn't know that they had you know the super megastar in the making, Carl Parisian is a guy who came in fairly highly touted as well, right? Like this is a 22-year-old and a 21-year-old squaring off in this fight. So like the fact that they were like, this GSP guy gets Parisian, who, who's got a decent name behind him already. I, I think they knew something was there. And if if nothing else, just being, what was the UFC 43, um, d just being that, that early, the thing that he could have had is what he looked like, right? Like super jacked, super muscly, a little bit of tattoos, bald head, right? Like he's got the, he's got the look, right? Like he's got look. the early UFC look and maybe that's what they thought they had. Uh, I love Parisian right off the bat here. He's been working at Kimura for about a minute. Um, and uh, that is one thing, you know, in the early UFCs, you don't see many people going for Kimuras like he did. Uh, and obviously his judo background, they mentioned it on the broadcast a lot. He trained under judo Jean LaBelle. Uh, the Kimura, obviously, a key submission in judo when you have your you know 20 or 30 seconds it is to work on the ground. Uh, it's also funny with judo Jean LaBelle being his trainer because, you know, Joe speaks in glowing terms of judo Jean LaBelle, who is an icon in grappling and really fighting. And, you know, I think Joe might have thought a little higher of Caro than, you know, we would come to find out he was as a fighter. And that's not a knock on Joe. I mean, in these early UFCs, no one really knew what we had in, in anyone. And the sport was still evolving. But that all being said, isn't it funny 
that Judo Jean LaBelle would, of course, be the trainer of one Ronda Rousey, the most famous uh, female MMA star of all time up to this point. Yeah, and I think he's also, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Manny Gamburian's trainer, too, who who wound up having yes. a, a, an amazing run in WEC and a pretty damn good run in... Uh, in the UFC afterwards. But one of the things I'll say too is in there, you said that, you know, Carl Parisian, you know, like didn't work out quite as much. You're right. He didn't work out quite as much, but you got to remember that he like, he like beat some really good dudes, right? Like he has a split decision win over Nick Diaz. He's got a unanimous decision win over Chris Lytle. He beat Matt Sarah. Like this is a guy who had a pretty fucking impressive career in his own right. He didn't really pick up the, the finishes, but like, later on he knocked out Phil Baroni like like he had a pretty decent career yeah absolutely took a decision loss to Diego Sanchez uh actually lost to Diego uh, to to Diego Sanchez and and I was gonna say lost to Tiago Alves um and then uh beat Jung-Hung Kim but it was a failed post-fight drug test, and that was his last fight in the UFC. But even in the UFC, he really went out. Uh, his final five fights were three wins, one loss to Tiago Alves, and a no contest. And, and I think a lot of what I remember the most about his career, too, is like what you're talking about right now, if you're watching along, is those like submission attempts out of nowhere, right? Like, he attacks in a way that, like, not a lot of people were attacking at the time, and nobody really attacks now either. You know, like, you know, a guy shoots for a double leg, he instantly grabs the Kimura, and he holds on and tries to use it for sweeps, too, with leverage. Mm -hmm. He gets GSP up in the air a couple of times, which is funny to think about now, too, right? Like, if you look at this fight, like, GSP is, like, almost the anti-GSP in this fight, right? Like, he... He gets in positions where he wants to throw no matter what and almost doesn't care about the position. He gets up in the air. He wants to throw. He gets in a guard. He wants to throw. Like, the pass isn't there. It's like if you watch this fight and you watch him versus Dan Hardy, it's literally the exact opposite fighter. You're completely right. So I I see it both ways. I think the seeds of what GSP would become were there in the takedowns and the ground and pound. But he, you're right, he never really, you know, tried to pass, which also was a little dangerous just being in Caro's guard. You obviously don't want to be there. Yeah, he throws up a good uh, triangle there in the, I think it's early second, he throws up a good triangle. And, and of course, the first round just ended with GSP on top. You still had GSP on top. It just wasn't from side control, as mm-hmm. would become so famous. You think of, you know, the knees to the back of Matt Serra when he turned him over into Turtle. He was way too content to just sit in Caro's guard, and I think that's something he learned. Uh, the first round, GSP was 9 of 18 on signature strikes. Caro, 0 for 4. And that's <laughs> something you see throughout the fight. Caro, all told through three rounds, was one of seven for strikes landed. Joe has a very funny line here. Uh, they're speaking Armenian in Caro's uh, corner, and they're speaking French in GSP's corner. And he said, what are we at, the UN here? Can I get a translator? <laughs> Just a very funny moment from early Joe. Goldie tried to speak French, make a bad joke. God, do I miss Uncle Goldie. And Joe, we go now into the second round. And Gumby, I want to read to you a quote from GSP's book, this is what happened very early on in my career in my first fight in the UFC against Kara Parisian. 
The truth is, I wasn't considered much of a contender when I came up as a professional. I was supposed to be the mincemeat for upcoming stars like Parisian. I understood and accepted my role, but that doesn't mean I wasn't going to go for it. So I guess he kind of felt like he had a chip on his shoulder as not being heavily promoted, but, you know, and maybe we already said it, right away, they knew what they had after this fight, and then, of course, he gets Jay Heron, and he gets uh, a title shot in his third fight. Imagine that. Uh, how many fights is Tony Ferguson on right now? A win streak? <laughs> yeah, well, it was a really different time, too. Like, if you go back and look at, like, the early heavyweight title shots, it was like, you want to fight? Oh, cool. How do you feel about fighting for the title next time out? Right, like, and, and now we've got guys like, like you said, Tony Ferguson. Like, we got... I mean, how many has Dominic Reyes won in a row? Jesus Christ, he's and that's in light heavyweight, which is a thin division as is. Uh, yeah, but it, like completely Hol- different. Holloway, Holloway was like nine in a row, I believe, or maybe even ten to get to Jose Aldo. Yeah, that's and that's just cra- and he was so patient. That was the fucking craziest thing about Max Holloway. It's like he just didn't even fucking care that he just kept, had to keep fighting. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, it, it's crazy that he got in his third one. But like, when you think about the two guys he beat. At that time, that that time is crazy. And you know, again, back to back to mentioning things that are happening in this fight. Parisian goes for in the second round. He goes for a Kimura again from standing. And GSP rewatching this, it's crazy. GSP actually gets the the Jessica Andrade like slam on Caro. Not mm-hmm. not quite as high impact as as Andrade did on uh on Rose Namajunas but he like drops him with that Kimura grip again underneath the legs and he puts him on his head and then like his top game starts from there in the the second round but like it's interesting that like that move had like earlier origins too so it, it was UFC 46 January 31st 2004 took place in Las Vegas had a very good gate uh 1.3 million 80,000 buy rate, so we were not into those mega buys that you got into in 2005 and then 2006. But 80,000, still a respectable amount of buys for that time. You look at the card, the preliminary card, of course, was headlined by this fight, GSP versus Parisian, as we watched GSP with more ground and pound just cut uh, Parisian open. But then you also had Josh Thompson defeating Hermes Franca and Matt Serra defeating Jeff Coran. So your three prelim winners at UFC 46 were GSP, Josh Thompson, and Matt Serra. That's a pretty impressive group right there. Yeah, that's a really impressive group. It, and like you said, 80,000 buys back then is a pretty fucking impressive number, too. I mean, like, consider, like, that's Mighty Mouse numbers anyway. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Um, the main card, you had Lee Murray being Jorge Rivera via triangle armbar, uh, Hanato Verissimo beat Carlos Newton, and then you really get into some legendary names. Frank Mir beats Wes Sims with a KO. Uh, BJ Penn was that the, was that the, the rematch? Naked... Because it was the rematch. Wes Sims after... step on his face. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, BJ Penn beat Matt Hughes with the rear naked choke. That's a classic fight. And then Vitor and Randy had a doctor stoppage with the controversy with the eye. So very disappointing main event, but certainly Frank Mir, BJ Penn, Matt Hughes, Vitor Belfort, Randy Couture, all in their 2004 UFC prime. Some of them gassed to the gills. Uh, that's a pretty good roster of fighters right there. It sounds like a, a 2019 Bellator card. 
That, <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, so one of the things Joe keeps saying, he, you know, he's very uh, – he gives a lot of credit to Parisian sub-skills, uh, as he should. But, you know, we all know now the subs out of full guard don't really happen as much. Most people don't even want to be there just because it'll look bad to the judges. And you open yourself up to ground and pound. Also, submission defense has gotten so much better. You know, it's tough to get an MMA guy in a triangle at this stage in the game uh, from guard. But one of the things that Joe kept, you know, saying was how much trouble GSP could be in. And that really just wasn't the case. He, he's pretty content just to stay here and ground and pound from guard as the second round ends. And that, again, goes to that evo- evolution of MMA and how much the game has changed here, you know? How, like, how often do we see a guard battle anymore? Yeah, you don't see it too often. But I will say, to give a little bit of credit to what Joe is saying, too, like, he does seem to put him, not that he puts himself in really bad situations, but like the GSP we had come to know was the type of guy who is never once in a bad, bad spot ever, right? Like he was the type of guy who, if you, if you moved three quarters of an inch towards a bad spot for him, he made the adjustment and made you pay for it. And like here, he's almost a little bit reckless, like, especially towards the end of the second and a little bit towards the end of the third in his stand-up, he gets a little bit reckless. Like, most of the time, he just lets somebody, he lets Parisian throw, he ducks underneath, he hits the double, but then he just opens up. And, like, he opens up a little bit standing in the third, too, which is kind of crazy. Uh, So, as the third starts, I want to read to you again from his book, talking about those Kimuras. So, this is what GSP says. In that fight against Parisian, I got caught in his Kimura on two separate occasions. The first time, which was the first round, he had me, but the hold wasn't secure, and I quickly got out of it. The second time was really bad. The commentator was going nuts, too. I could hear him screaming, Kimura! And everybody in my corner, including me, thought I was done for. But very few people understand how I got out of his Kimura the second time, but I knew my own truth, my life situation. I had nothing. I had to win. I just had to. I couldn't accept anything else. If I didn't win, I couldn't live to the end of the month. I had to pay rent, had to buy food. I was ready to die to get out of that hold. Break my arm if you have to, I thought. And I thought that was so interesting because you flash forward to that Dan Hardy fight when he had Dan Hardy's arm in an even worse Kimura. (laughs) And he pretty much just gets his arm broken. It's just kind of funny that GSP... You know, we think of that Hardy moment, we always talk about it, but GSP was also at one point in a Kimura that almost broke his arm. Yeah, and that that's sort of like, it's funny to think about him as that type of guy with that type of mentality, because I, I think, you know, like all the people who like, especially like new, new fans of the sport, right? I'm not going to use the word casuals, because if you're listening to this, you're not a casual, you're, you're a pretty serious fan. But if you're a newer fan to the sport... What you saw GSP as, the, the like, safe GSP, the, like, martial artist GSP, the, like, GSP wouldn't be terribly shocked if, like, he tapped out and then he, like, hugged his opponent and was like, okay, what a what a great fucking fight, and just, like, moved on with his <laughs> life. And here he is, like, this, like, raw, like, willing to let his arm get broken for the sake of martial arts and for the sake of his life and, like, throw caution to the wind kind of guy. I think so many people forget that 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 was the early GSP that we got that so many people don't even know existed. I'm going to go back to his book one last time. 
in my first fights against Caro Parisian, for example, I didn't have a choice. I had to take chances and go all out. I constantly expose myself to danger. That's what it is when you're just starting out. I've obviously changed a lot as a fighter since then. I try to get hit as little as possible. I bring my opponents towards me. I can decide when to attack or counterattack on one of his weaknesses. So this is something we've already been bringing up. It's crazy because I've never you know, read that book and, and hearing that, like that's, <laughs> that's pretty spot on to exactly how I felt about him in that fight. Right. And it's just so funny, the evolution of a fighter in that way. Uh, we have about two minutes left. GSP just got out of the uh, crazy Kimura attempt. The The mat has a, uh ad from Nitro.tv. Do you have any idea what that was? <laughs> no, I can't remember that. No, I don't. I'm only <laughs> upset that it's not uh, Cornance, Condom Depot, or Dynamic Fastener. Dynamic Fastener was always a favorite. <laughs> I have no, I have no uh, fucking idea what a Dynamic Fastener is, but I love it. Uh, the judges gave it to GSP, unanimous decision, uh, 30-27, 30-27 from Rosales and Trowbridge. I'm sure you know those names if you've been watching fighting a long time. Nelson Hamilton uh, gave it to GSP, but 29-28. Uh, the scorecards don't go back that far enough to know which round he might have given Parisian, but I assume it might have been the third just because of how deep a submission attempt he had on that Kimura, but it was clear that GSP, to me, at least won the third, uh, despite that submission attempt. Obviously, outstruck him. Parisian didn't land one punch. Uh, he just had the Kimura attempt. You know, it's interesting that you said that you think it was the third, because I, I thought about this, too, when I was re-watching. I actually thought it was the first, because of the, but, amount, okay, yeah. the amount of submission attempts. Maybe, like, they weren't all successful or weren't quite as close as the third, but just like on pure volume of submission attempts and like GSP landed like a few less strikes in the first. So I like feel like if you were trying to squeeze out a round for Parisian in there somewhere, I might give him that one. So after this loss, Parisian reels off five wins in a row, uh, beat Shoney Carter, beat Nick Diaz, Chris Lytle, Matt Sarah, Nick Thompson, uh, so he went 5-0 and after this until running into Diego Sanchez, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, and, and like I said before, like, those names are no joke. I, I really think he was, like, a top-level guy that, like, maybe just was missing, like, one piece here or there. And maybe just at, like, the wrong time, like, or, or had the wrong trainer. Or, like, you know, like, who knows what he could have been uh, had that, like, you know, suspension not coming down when it was, when it did. I love, as this fight ends, GSP does his backflip, almost injures himself, uh, didn't really stick the landing. Uh, you see Manville Burian come in uh, to the octagon, and he has a football jersey with his name on the back. <laughs> <Gambarian>. Manuel. Oh, <laughs> and, Manuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just Manuel, his first name, not his last name, but it is a football jersey, and I really love that. You see Stitch tending to a pretty deep cut. I think that was from a classic GSP elbow. Uh, but it's clear GSP won this fight, and he, of course, went on to have a legendary career. And that, of course, wraps up our first ever Fight Flashback. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed bringing this to you. Hit us up on our Twitter, at TopTurtleMMA. Let us know what other classic fights in history you might want to rewatch with us.